Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. Well, hello, everybody. It's Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts with another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Well, hello, everybody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. Um, t- howdy, howdy, howdy. Today's program, we're going to put the West into perspective. And uh, it may ruffle some feathers, but so you. be it. But first, we have some housekeeping to yes. take care of. Before we get to cancel culture, we're going to get to real-world real time stuff. Uh, one of our local organizations, Equine Voices, has an upcoming event Friday, March 26th through uh, Wednesday, March 31st. And it is Equine Myofascial Release Seminars with Tumara Thomas. Uh, it sounds like a really interesting thing. We did a show mm-hmm. a few weeks back mm-hmm. with uh, Steve Boyce mm-hmm. about uh, on this topic, and mm-hmm. it was just fascinating. Quite. Anyhow, it's three days worth of good stuff. Uh, go to their, let's see if I got a site here for them. Yeah, go to equine myofascialrelease.com. <laughs> and if you know what I said, you're better off than I am. <laughs> now, the, my next point of business is uh, kind of a celebration. I got three birthdays to bring up. Uh, today is Hal Needham's birthday, mm-hmm. one of the great stuntmen of all time. I knew Hal, and I thought the world of the guy. Uh, coming Tuesday the night is Charles M. Kid Russell's birthday, born in 1864. And Wednesday is that man of action, Chuck Norris's birthday. All righty. Yeah. Now, I've got some obituaries I want to throw at you. This is uh, from some of the writers from WWA, Western Writers of America. Uh, First off is Forrest Finn, a very interesting gentleman. He was an Air Force pilot, shot down twice in Korea and Vietnam, excuse me. He's an art dealer and a historian. He's probably best known for his memoir, The Thrill of the Chase. And this is this set off one of the greatest treasure hunts in the West. Mm. He buried a whole a, a fortune in gold coins, uh, rare art objects, and stuff like that. And in the book were all kinds of clues. Huh. And they figure at one time probably over three hundred thousand people looked Good for grief. it. It's and been it, found. Supposedly it was been found. It has. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the second person uh, guest on the show many times. Uh, Harry might want to comment. Uh, Jame Epica, yes. uh, she passed away on November 6th, and she's known for her Arizona-based histories. Yeah, uh, great lady, so easy to talk with, and so informative, yeah. so knowledgeable. I mean, we're going to miss her, going to miss her. And another person we're going to miss uh, is uh, Kathleen Franzi, um, yes. Amel's, uh, Amel's partner, passed away a couple uh, days ago. Um, she was in hospice, and uh, as daughter Monica said, she's gone to join Daddy in heaven. Yeah, and she was definitely a lady of the West. She, she was, certainly was. She was a historian, archaeologist of, yep. of the Pueblo Indians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great love. And my last one was Leon Claire Metz. Uh, he won the Saddleman Award in eight, 1985. That's five years before it became the Owen Weiser Award which is the WWF Lifetime Achievement mm-hmm. Award. He also won the 2010 Ruth Lester Lifetime Achievement Award from uh, Texas Historical Commission. 
And now we're going to get into the moral corruption of being politically correct. Yeah. I just would love to say about Forrest Mann, uh, the man was a, a, a true Renaissance man. He put a clo- over a million dollars yeah. of things, uh, jewels, gold, turquoise, uh, stones, other things, uh, artifacts, historical artifacts in that box and buried it. And the treasure map was a poem oh. of how to find it. Hmm. And uh, he went out into the woods in New Mexico and found it. And when my mom, my mom, Lynn Roberts, used to, <clears throat> well, she traveled the West on the highways of the West for 40 years buying American Indian art, mm-hmm. sometimes alone, sometimes with my father, often alone. Drove my dad crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, literally batty. Uh, <laughs> She would, you know, I'm going to go I'm gonna, next week where I'm going to leave on my little trip. I'm going to take a jaunt. Oh, yeah, honey. Yeah, I know. I'm going to go with you. I oh, can't wait to go. And <laughs> they would come, and she'd, she'd do that night before. Uh, she'd start packing. And he'd go, oh, hon, what are you doing? She said, I'm packing. Tomorrow I'm leaving. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I get, okay. And boy, you know, that next morning. She's gone. She'd be brewing a pot of coffee, mm-hmm. and uh, she—if you were there, you could—you might have some. You might get some of the eggs and toast, <laughs> and she'd head out, and um, he'd be—he'd be chasing after her down the driveway. <laughs> well, honey, where are you going? <laughs> I, I told you I'm going on a trip. I, I'm gonna—I'm going. It's the Herd Museum show. It's the Gallup All American All All Indian Powwow. It's this. It's that. It's Shalico. At Zuni, it's whatever it could be, uh, and he she'd head out, and she would often find herself in Santa Fe, and would stop by Fen's shop, and visit with him. She didn't buy a lot from him, but they sure did talk a lot. Mm-hmm. And she would come back and tell me these stories about this mythical figure, wow. Fen, wow. who just was. You know, well, Lynn, did you know this? And and then she'd sit there and tell him about. Well, did you know this? Did you? And uh, about an artist or, oh, cool. or 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 a piece of furniture or a piece of that or this, he was just a very interesting guy. And um, you know, when you Harry knows my living room is full of books yes. and artifacts. Yes. Um, if you think mine is cluttered, <laughs> um, it's sparse compared to Fenn's. Wow. Uh, the way Fenn had his wow. his study or library. I saw full a of books of and artifacts. Yeah. All right, we're yeah. going to get on with a with the show here before we get Great story. Before we get to this, I, I I want to read a Facebook post oh. uh, that uh, is I'm take my headphones off here. Yeah, I can't take this Bunker's head time. Bunker's head is going to explode if he listens to this one more time. Uh, Facebook post from a couple of hours ago <clears throat> and it comes from a, uh, a Texas uh, state representative. Name her. Uh, I'm going to. Oh. Uh, and so here here's the post uh as it is in Texas state represent it really does not have that much to do with the West, but it does have to do with the West in Texas state representative, Terry Mesa, Democrat from Irving has introduced HB 196. Her bill would repeal the state's castle doctrine. Now this doctrine allows a homeowner to use deadly force against an armed intruder who breaks into his home. Virtually every state has some form of this or another. I'm not saying that stealing is okay, Mesa explained. 
All I'm saying is that it doesn't warrant a death penalty. Thieves only carry weapons for self-protection and to provide the householder with an incentive to cooperate. They just want to get their loot and get away. When the resident tries to resist is when people get hurt. If only one side is armed, fewer people will be killed. Let that sink into your brain for a minute. Mesa was quick to reassure that her bill would not totally prevent homeowners from defending themselves. This, this is rich. Under the new law, the homeowner's obligation is to flee the home at the first sign of intrusion. If fleeing is not possible, he must cooperate with the intruder. But if violence breaks out, it is the homeowner's responsibility to make sure no one gets hurt. The best way to achieve this is to use the minimum non-lethal force possible because intruders will be able to sue for any injuries they receive at the hands of the homeowner. In most instances, the thief needs the money more than the homeowner does, Mesa reasoned. The homeowner's insurance will reimburse his losses. On balance, the transfer of property is likely to lead to a more equitable distribution of wealth. If my bill can help make the transfer peaceful, a peaceful one, so much the better. Todd, you were explaining before we went to air how some of your idiot state uh, representatives and senators are, are moving along a, a bill pretty much the yeah, same as this. Yeah, there is a movement. In, in, it might not even be a bill. It just might be a movement of consensus of the mob. And I've said this before on the show, and I'll say it again. Uh, let me back up for two seconds here. I'm going to just right now state that I'm going to break the promise that I made to myself before I came on the show today. Okay. And the show that I came on the show today making a promise to myself that I was not uh, that I was not going to be rude, and I was not going to be uh, mean, and I was not going to be name calling. Okay. All three of those are out the window, <laughs> and I hope that I offend as many people as possible today. Excellent. Very right. good. Or uh, inspire and incite those that are like-minded of myself. Indeed. Uh, first of all, as my grandmother would say, bless her heart. Yeah, go ahead um, and say it, Jenny. Uh, uh, that boy's so stupid. That boy's so dumb, he's stupid. <laughs> or as my grandfather used to say, uh, somebody beat him with a, a stupid stick for too long. <laughs> so um, to, to say that a, a criminal um, is only coming into your house to take possessions to enrich their life property-wise um, obviously comes from someone who has no real-life practice. Uh -huh. yeah. uh, because uh, if that's the case, how do we know what is on the mind of the intruder? How do we know? Um, how, how do we know that they're not there for for sexual perversion? Yeah. How do we know that they're not there because they're a psychopath who wants to kill someone? See, how we, do we know uh, that they're not there to steal a child? We don't know. How do we know? We don't know, and we don't care. You come into no. my house, I'm going to blast you from here to kingdom come. If you come exactly. in, if you come in armed, I'm going to shoot you. It's plain and simple. If you if you come in unarmed, I'm still going to I'm shoot you. Quite likely going to shoot you. Now, if uh, you have made your choice, and I, as a homeowner, am going to make mine. Exactly. 
Hey, it's, it's that be, simple. It's, be, it's better to be alive in front of the judge than dead on your living room floor. So that, with, with that, um, I do see that we do have some uh, listeners uh, who are listening at the VoicesOfTheWest.net website. And for those of you listening, if you want to participate in this, it's very simple. You can just, uh, um, there, there's two ways. You can either email us at VoicesOfTheWest at gmail.com with your comments about this, or you can uh, open up a chat window that there and uh, on the uh, M- uh, Mixler um, app that's on the website there, open that up and you can chat with me and I'll, I'll be monitoring the chat window. So that that is the nature of this particular uh, situation here. Now, on to what we're going to be doing for today. I want to bring this to you and give it a listen. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to write. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! That's it. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! That's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> that, that's where we're at with this. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't, we're not going to kowtow. No. to the cancel culture uh, any longer. They want to cancel John Wayne, and John Wayne is a top target because John Wayne is John Wayne. Because he's he's, he's, he's a symbol. He's a symbol. He's an iconic symbol of the American West, uh, kind of he's film a st- symbol. He's a standard. He is. Um, they want to cancel him but for some comments that he made in a Playboy magazine article eons ago and who cares and frankly that was then who and the it, was, hell cares? it was in the contents of the period and that has no bearing on today no it does not no it i've does got not. i want to read something here from from our news the voices of the west newsletter we have a little column called cowboy wisdom yeah and a fellow named bunker said i know him in that column political correctness is cowardness in its most insidious form Yep, and that's it. Yeah, um, when when we did this, uh, uh, proposed this program on our uh, Facebook page, uh, lots of uh, thumbs up and lots of go get them and, and type of things. And you know, we're, we're, let's let's look at this from when these things were made. You take a movie, The Searchers, for example. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the finest Western ever made. What's the story about? The story is about a man who is searching. Yep. And, and what is he searching for? He, he's. Uh, now don't put me on the spot here. Uh, well, that's part. Of, that's part <laughs> yeah, of my job, Harry. I know. I know it is. Um, he he he's go, searching for redemption. He, really, he, he doesn't know it. He goes through. All kinds of things, all kinds of hell to find whatever it is that he's wanting to find. 
and and you know this is this is a good choice to start with too because this is a movie that is one of the most uh, respected, loved, uh, written about westerns of all time. It's on the top of a lot of people's list, and and a lot of people have written about it. And one of the things that they write about in it is the bigotry. Yeah. That you know the the the, the uh, attitude of the Texicans towards the Indians, and you know, in today's politically correct world. That may not be a proper attitude to have towards your fellow man. No. But that's 1800s Texas where the family has just been massacred with people that the only thing they know is survival and you do whatever you have to to survive. Uh, is it politically correct? It doesn't have to be. Who cares? It's a reflection of the time, of the people, of the place. And, it's, and it, if nothing else... It's it's like Huckleberry Finn. Mm-hmm. It's a re, it's a reflection of the time. It's not a comment on the time. No, it's a reflection. You can read it any way you want to. Exactly. But it's all what it is. Is it's what Mark Twain saw, Samuel Clemens saw, right. and he that's what he reported. And it's one of the best, most accurate pictures of what life on the Mississippi was like. Todd. Well, uh, you're absolutely right, Bunker. That is all all. Things I agree with in my point. Back to Harry's, the speech that he played. That's why Peter Finch won Best Actor in 1977 mm-hmm. yep. for Network. Yep. Um, and you know, he even though he won it posthumously because he was dead, uh, his wife and son showed up and picked up the award for him. Um, and as far as our John Wayne comments go, in in in, in uh, uh, Playboy, I. You can call me politically incorrect, you can call me a Neanderthal, and you can call me anything else you want to. But I stand behind the comments in in their, shall I say, overall context. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because that speech, what he says, is what my father said to us a thousand times. Yeah. He used to say to us all the time, especially me. If we wanted to go out or do something, and we were out with him and late at night, and we were doing something maybe a little bit, shall I say, older than we were, mm-hmm. um, and he would say to us, "If you want to, if you want to be with the big boys, you're going to have to act like a big boy. You're going to have to act like an adult. You want to go out late and go to dinner at these restaurants with us, your mother and I, or maybe me, and uh, in a meeting uh, with us out with people in business." You're going to have to act like a big boy. You can't act like your age. You have to act older. And in other words, with great with responsibility, or in this case, power, or both, comes responsibility. Yep. And that's what Wayne's talking about. He says, you know, his terminology might be gruff, but as he says in the article, you know, I hear from... I hear in the black community and, and the Latin or Mexican community uh, that they they want power. Well, you just don't get power overnight. You earn it. Yeah. And you earn it by showing responsibility and leadership. And, and that's what he's talking about. And respect They take for it others. out of context and make it that he's saying they're too stupid or too uh, ignorant or too violent or too low culture 
to be able to accept it. But no, what he's saying is, you guys are asking for it. Be careful what you ask for. You just might get it, and here it comes. And with it, you better be able to handle it. Because if you don't, what's going to happen is chaos. And what do we have now, 45 years later? We have chaos. Yep, total chaos. We have children having babies having babies. Mm-hmm. We have babies killing babies. Mm-hmm. We have babies killing other babies, which are their own age. And I mean 15, 16, 14-year-old boys yeah. killing each other. Uh, killing mom and dad. Way, no matter what color you are. But we see it in the black American community constantly. On average, 44 black males die a month. In Chicago. Yep. Does anybody care? Apparently Honestly. not. Apparently not. Apparently not. Because no one's doing anything about it. And to blame. Except to blame yeah. uh, the president of the United States, who's now out of office. You notice they're not pre- blaming the president of the United States anymore because Trump's not in office. Now that Biden's office, the, uh, uh, Mayor uh, uh, Mary, what's her face, of Chicago does not blame the office of the president any longer. No. She doesn't take responsibility for herself. No. She doesn't take, nor does she ask the governor, blame it on him because he's a Democrat as well. But if you notice, there's no one willing to take responsibility for this, and it's going on other than the fact that as uh, uh, the former mayor of Chicago used to blame the fact that it was all of the guns that were brought into the state illegally. Now, Someday we're going to have to pay the piper for all of this, and we're going to have to learn that we have to be self-sufficient and take responsibility for ourselves. Period. That's too and hard. Was Sustainability. That, that you know that unfortunately yeah. is too hard for some people. We got to do our first yeah. commercial break here. This is Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. We don't care about political correctness. Amel we'll would be love back. This. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. 
Imus Wilkinson Investments. They're really good at what they do. 777-1911. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Watch classic Western movies anytime at voicesofthewest.net. Johnny Bond, Starlight on the Prairie. Oh, Welcome back to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts with you. We're on a kick on political correctness. We are not politically correct. We don't intend to become politically correct. We don't give a damn about political correctness. Uh, called a spade a spade. You know, um, well, it is what it is. And, here, and here's why, Harry. We don't. We're not willing to be politically correct because. Where does where does politically correct where where does it where does it what is the genesis of it where by, does it come from it's by what who's, is at its root it's by and what is at its root and who fuels it and who facilitates it yeah. is the mob it's by whose standards we know that the mob, mob is rule. always wrong it's yeah. always evil and it's full of cowards mm-hmm. well during and that's the break the last Harry, place I want to be affiliated with during and the let's break tie. Take the word mob or name and <laughs> and take it back to where its root is. Lynch mob. Yep. Or how about mobsters? You're talking about cowards, degenerates, and fools. Well, psychologically, don't have enough, psychologically uh, a mob uh, is a one mind. It's like a hive. It's like African yes. bees. It doesn't think for fish. itself. It just follows whatever the strongest force is there. Now, you know, right. during the break, Harry and I were talking about where did, when and where did this start? And my feeling, and I felt this for most of my adult life, is it started back when all of a sudden being a man was not okay, that you couldn't that it was something wrong with being ma- a man, being masculine, being macho. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's just been a steady, insidious erosion of manhood. And, you know, and instead of, you know, and, and it's our fault because, men, we haven't been standing up. That's right. We've, we've been bending. We've been bending our knees to our wives, our girlfriends, uh, pundits on television, to uh, panty waist commentators, people who know what's better for us, or think they, they do. They, and the thing is, you know, uh, there's a, there's a line in the Searchers, uh, it, it, John Wayne says, and it's just real simple, and it doesn't go anywhere unless you think about it. That's just as sure as the turning of the earth. What is he saying? The earth is going to turn every day, no matter what happens. And it's always been that way. But the emasculation of, of manhood is something that's been going on for way too long. 
It's way gotten way too out of hand. It's just another form of political correctness. You're not happy well, with the way a man acts? You tell him he's not politically correct. If he doesn't agree well, with you, he's a bigot. I experienced a lot of that when I went to the University of Arizona after my military service. So I was much older, obviously. Right than, after Vietnam, than, yeah. Than the average student. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, I, I, had, I was supposed to be a certain way with these people and no uh, that's that's not that's not how I am you know there used to be an adage that as kids we re- remembered memorized sticks and stones may uh, break, hurt, my break my bones but words can never hurt me and apparently it's words the other way around no apparently words can hurt well, you well harry they're now teaching in campuses across this country in colleges across this country that words let me say it again. Words are violence. That's where this has gone to. We yeah. are at a point where uh, what someone says to you predetermines your entire outlook on life. And uh, you talk about, have, I want to scream at the top of my lungs to any of these young college students, especially if they're female, whether they're uh, of color or not. Uh, do you just say you read the Maya Angelou books, or have you really? Because the one thing she says time and time and time and time again, whether it's, whether it's the book uh, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings or any of the other books she wrote, one of her biggest messages is, why do you give your power away to people who don't mean anything to you? My mother used to say to us this constantly. So I would come home, well, Sally said I was dumb. Sally said I was fat. Sally said that I was slow or I can't read or whatever. She'd say, can you do all those things? Are you any of those things? No, I'm not. So let me ask you a question, my mother would say. If Sally said you were a millionaire, would it matter? No. Would it make you one? Because I'm not a millionaire. So if Sally says you're a millionaire and that's not true, then all these other things are untrue. What does it matter what Sally says? Mm -hmm. Why do you care? Why do you pay attention? And, that's and we what, now have a society that runs around paying attention yeah. to what everybody says. And that's what needs to stop Well, and stop quickly because you're not going to take my Western movies away from me. You're not going to take my Western TV shows away from me. You're not going to take my Western culture away from me. Well, my books, my art. None or my guns. You're or not gonna or take my some red rot. meat or you know, my jerky or my well, knives or my guns or my hot rods that use up too much gas. Yeah. Here's the thing. And it's it's like it's perception has taken the place of reality. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And let's take it a step further. Um, the film business now, no matter who you are, I don't care who you are, any director from any country making any subject of film, any race, any creed, any color, any any male or female, doesn't matter. Here's the bad news for you. You're all stealing from D.W. Griffith. Thank you. Every time you make a film, no matter what it is, whether it's Shakespeare or it's a love story, it's a five-minute film or it's five hours, you're stealing from the, the foundation of filmmaking that D.W. Griffith created, who you all have now so long ago have crucified and have now gone into the phase of 
nullification. He didn't exist, so therefore it's okay. Mm -hmm. But you steal from him every day that you make a film, every shot, every close-up, every pan shot, the integration of music, all of it is all Griffith. And you say he's the worst of all because he's a racist. Well, well here's, here's the thing, too. Here's your bad it's, news. Tear Open down, up wide and take the whole bite. Tear down all the statues. Burn all the books. Because, you know, it just goes, you know, what you're saying, D.W. Griffin, goes all the way back to Homer and the Iliad and the Odyssey storytelling. What has storytelling always been about? It's been a reflection. Yeah. And you tell a story yes. and tell it honestly, you have to tell it honestly, not, not not how you would like it to be, not as Harry said, unicorns and rainbows, <laughs> but the reality. Did you see a Western with unicorns? Yeah, Hi history is history. You can't change that. It, you, you just can't. It, it, it's not going to happen. You, you can, well, you and can, if you change uh, it, if, if you don't leave in all of it, if it's not whole, how can you have any perspective? Exactly. Exactly. How can you have any mile markers? How can you look up and say what's good and bad? Right. If everything's rainbows and unicorns, then everything's great. Then you know no reference of evil, which mm -hmm. is why all these buffoons now are running around calling everybody a Nazi. And they, and they have. No and as a Jew, me, Todd Roberts, that's yeah. right, Jewish. Yeah. 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 I'm offended. Very much so. I'm offended by you calling everybody left and right at every corner of every street at every moment a nazi or, you, or a white supremacist or you call them a racist those who complain the most about racism are in fact the racists they're, they're, they're using the right. racist tool and with that we have to take our next break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the show. West <laughs> it's Todd Roberts, Harry Alexander and Bunker de France we'll be back when looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Paul Ash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Paul Ash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. Contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. 
The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Hi everyone, it's Susan McRae and welcome to Chaparral Roundup. As you know, I've postponed the March event to October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd so we can all relax, have a great time with great dinners, a great lunch at the White Stallion Ranch, Q&A panels, screenings of a couple of our favorite High Chaparral shows, the documentary of Kent McRae so we can honor him during his favorite reunion, and we have a great silent auction to benefit the Robert F. Hoy and Kiva Hoy charity at the Tucson Medical Center. If you're already registered for March, you're automatically registered for October. But if you're not, you better register by September 17th. I look forward to seeing you all, and so does Don, with his confessions of an acting cowboy. You'll have fun. See you in October for the Chaparral Roundup at Lodge on the Desert in Tucson, Arizona. You're not going to use the story, Mr. Scott? No, sir. This is the West, sir. When the legend becomes fact, print the legend. This is the Voices of the West. Honorable Francis, Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts, and we do have permission to play that song. This we song, do. we do. We do? We do. We do? Susan. Susan. Oh, oh her dad, her dad uh, did, oh, did it. Rose Rose wrote it, yeah. but, but her dad did all of the arrangements for yeah. so, all the episodes. So we have permission. Yeah, great. <laughs> That's awesome. We're talking so, about uh, the West and putting things in perspective. We are sick and tired of the cancel culture. You know, the, these people... Go back a couple of years and uh, think about when the Taliban were starting to destroy things. The temples. The temples and all of those uh, landmarks and iconic uh, things. Like that would change history. Like it would change. And these people are just as bad or worse than the Taliban for destroying ideas and um, statues and thought. Well, let me put that into a little perspective for us. Because the Taliban, had, you're right, has been destroying things and has for years. And it continues to do so. But do you know, as far as your history goes, so many don't know this, it was the Romans who created the um, barrier around the Sphinx to save it from the wind um, damage. That's who started that. Today there is a, a, plax, a plastic a shield around it where the, for the face so it doesn't get any more destroyed or, or lose any more of its figure than it already has. But it was the Romans who destroyed much of what they came across in their reservation. But for some reason, they looked at the Sphinx and said, this needs to be saved for all time. Now, the Taliban's never done that and never will because they look at everything as uh, 
the source of any other religious items are belong to heathens or infidels. So they destroy Devils. it. But God forbid we say that. And let me also get back to one other thing that we talked about in the beginning of the show, which was the searchers and that and that whole film and one of the greatest westerns ever made. And it talks about racism and discrimination and hatred and so on. But let's ask ourselves one simple question. The story is inspired by a true story. Mm -hmm. It was the story of an African-American black man who was a frontiersman who went out onto the prairie, settled himself, he went back, gathered his family, brought them out. His wife and I believe a daughter were stolen by Cynthia Ann Parker. And he went back out and found them. And years later was killed by some of those same, not the same tribe, but the same tribe, but different clan of Indians. Do you think he had any love loss for the Indians that sold his wife and daughter? Did he, have, did, did he not deserve to have uh, uh, some tremendous malice and hatred towards them? I think I would. I don't know anybody who wouldn't. Right. So when I see this film of the searchers and how, well, how dis- discriminatory it is and how negative towards Indians it is and so on and so forth, um, are we losing track of the fact that um, stealing people has been, you know, kidnapping people, stealing, creating slaves has been going on since the beginning of time? And since when d- did, uh, well, other than today's show, is the one of the first times I can really remember anybody looking up and saying, hey, history's history. It's not about popularism. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's, let's move on to another but, but, movie. Before you do that, I okay. want to point out a response to, I, I post the up, what is upcoming on the program to a variety of different Facebook groups. And one of them happens to be the TV, Western, and movie fan page. And have been doing this, I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, and a Facebook user, we'll just call him Dan, says in my response, and, and here's what I said. Let's put things in perspective. With the so-called cancel, cancel culture out there, to change or destroy that with which we grew up, we think it's time to put things in perspective, blah, 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 blah. Dan says, there is no cancel culture. And if these political assholes continue to dominate this site, I am out. This is no longer a place for those who love the Western film genre. It's being usurped by low-information jerks. Well, Dan, if that's what you think, then adios, pal. It's your choice, Dan. You know, you love us, you hate us. Don't it, care. It, it's, a, it's about being an adult, yeah. having an open mind. Yeah. We're just giving you another idea of, of yeah. an open mind. That's right. Now... Let's talk about another movie in the little bit of time we got left, because I think this is a brand new movie this year. We've talked about it several times on the show. I think it's captured our imagination, and that's News of the World. Now, my mother's family are all Texicans, all Texans, hardcore Texans, and that is a as accurate a picture as you could ever find of what Texas was like after the Reformation, but you know what? It's also what Texas is like today to a great extent, except for one congresswoman. And uh, state, state you know, you know, there, there, there is meanness, evil, hatred. You know, the guy that wants to steal the little little girl, he's not doing it. But, you know, it, by by her. Uh, way of thinking, you should just give her the little girl because he can make money off of her. Yeah, and that's wrong. It's just 
there is there is a reality in the world. There are two truths in the world, actually. There's universal truth and personal truth. Universal truth, that's algebra, that's the sun rises in the east, that's the scientific things like math, stuff like that, that no matter what you argue or how clever you are with words, you can't move the sun. No. Now, personal truth is what you choose to believe and how you choose to express it. Doesn't make you right, although if I have a personal truth, I generally, I, I probably think I'm right. We all do. I try to have more a more open mind to that. I yeah. question, I question everything I think and say. I don't just accept it on blank. I'm saying a lot of stuff today that I know a lot of people are going to disagree with, and you know, a lot of the stuff I'm saying on second thought, I might go. Maybe I overemphasize that or I underemphasize that, but the whole thing is it's about dialogue, it's about talking, it's about honesty. Again, if we cannot be honesty honest about the fact, you know, we're we have a lizard brain. We are we are wired. Men and women are different. There's no way in the world you can take a man's DNA and splice it with a woman's DNA and create a, a half DNA thing. Uh, you can put a dress on a man and it doesn't make him a woman. You can put a pair of pants on a woman and it doesn't make her a man. It's a, a, but perception nowadays is, well, if you put a dress on a guy or a little kid, a little boy, he's a girl. Yeah. He's not. He, he's DNA. He's what he is. Now, what he thinks he is is a personal truth. What mom and dad thinks he is is a personal truth. But science says he is what he is, and we are what we are. Jesus Christ, Bunker, the, the science can't even figure out things anymore. You know, it, it, we, we well, see it contradicts it, itself. Yeah, with, with these well, idiotic draconian uh uh, well, it's, things that are happening with this—it's uh, when personal—it's when personal truths start o- taking over science. Yeah, you know, right. and, and, and so as a Republican, we're as guilty of that as oh, the Democrats. No, no question. But it doesn't change the universal truth. Mm-hmm. Bunker, and to speak to your universal truth comparatively to your personal truth, to the universal truth, is that. Basically, as you said, I think, therefore, I am. Well, I've got some really bad news for everybody. You am, therefore, you think. this morning, I woke up, and I decided that I'm a millionaire. I thought so. And so where's my money? <laughs> it's been, Where well, is it? It's Swiss what, bank accounts. Know? It's wealth What happened to it? It's wealth distribution. So let me ask Dan, who's so dissatisfied with our show. Dan, where's my money? <laughs> Dan's please, got it. <laughs> please explain it to me because um, right now you're allowed to you're allowed to think and therefore be whatever you want it to be. And uh, if I think I'm a millionaire, that means I am a millionaire. If you get to if you are a male and you think you're a female, that means you're allowed to now go into a men's a women's bathroom. So why why do I not get to go into a bank and get my million dollars? Where is it? I think you should. So just please explain it to me. I, I'm sorry that I'm so daft that I can't figure it out on my own. But I'm only following your lead, whoever you are out there that believe in that I think, therefore, I am. Please well, see, explain to me where I'm wrong. See, that's because you're not into their personal truth. You're into your own personal truth. 
Ah. See, and and ah. because you don't fit their personal truth, you're obviously wrong. So I'm going to make it real simple, and I'm going to offend a lot of people. If Go you've got a male toolbox, you don't belong in a girl's bathroom. Thank you. Period. Mm-hmm. And on that note, we're going to take... if you have a female toolbox, you don't belong in a man's Thank you. bathroom. We're going to uh, take a break here and wrap it up. Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, putting it all into perspective. We'll be back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911. I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hi, this is Craig Morgan with a special message for all those who have served in the U.S. Army. The National Museum of the United States Army, to be built at Fort Belvoir, Virginia, will include the Soldier's Registry, an electronic record of Americans who have worn the Army uniform, recognizing their service. I've already added my story to the registry. I hope you'll add yours. To learn more and to make your story a permanent part of the National Army Museum, visit armyhistory.org. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. 
That in the alley back home his meow sure was keen. It's a funny thing, but he had a tone like Elmer's old violin. <laughs> Rudy Scooter in his California. Rudy Scooter! <laughs> oh, big time. I know, huh? Well, you know, we're going to go out on another Western here. Because I think it's possibly the most politically incorrect Western ever made. Mm -hmm. Blazing Saddles. Because it has everything in there. It's got, it's got white cowboys wanting black uh, railroad workers to sing Camptown races. Uh, it's, got, it's got hanging horses. It's got <laughs> cowboys around a campfire farting. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's got everything in there. And a great story. And it's a great story. And it's, it's, a, it's you know, a, Dan, it's a you need to watch that movie again. It's a true equal opportunity offender. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's uh, the way the world and, should be. Right. And I just want to say in defense of your of your German relatives, Bunker, to go back to them and let me just say that What German you know, relatives? A, I don't have any German relatives. Range war. Um, there was a cattle range war back in Texas. Um that after the Civil War, which was called the Hoodoo Voodoo War, and it was waged by the Texans against the German immigrants. Oh, down in Brownsville, so, yes. Yeah, so when people talk about, well, the Texans, uh, it was only white Texans being discriminatory against Indians or Latin Mexicans or, or blacks or whatever. No. They killed just per capita just as many white Germans because they were different as well. They burned their homes else. and they lynched them. Yeah, and they hired some of the people they hired to execute that were Curly William Curly Bill Brocious and Johnny B, uh, Johnny Ringo. So just two of the people that were used in that war as hired gunmen. A lot of people did it themselves on their own without hiring gunmen. So you know, let's just make sure that. We remember that they were also equal opportunity offenders. And the other thing, Not too, there is that they, they weren't all doing it because they disagreed with the Germans, uh, German settlers, who were highly cultured. Uh, it was an opportunity to steal their land and do it in, yeah. under terms of righteousness. Well, the, yes. the thing that prompted this particular program is a Facebook post that I saw about Turner Classic Movie. Uh, channel, they are ref doing a program called Reframed, which is meant to defend classic movies from the uh, woke mob. Basically, what they're wanting to do here is what we're trying to do is these films were made in a certain time, a certain perspective, certain uh, uh, social mores at the time, and that's what that film reflected. And unfortunately, because people have seem to have a trouble, have a big trouble of thinking for themselves, uh, Turner Classic Movies is going to have all kinds of uh, disclaimers about uh, you know yeah. th this movie might offend you. Who, if it offends you, don't watch the damn thing. Or if it it's offends you, turn it off. Simple. Yeah, it's pretty doggone simple. But apparently, how about this not. one? How about this one? If it does offend you, how about stick with it? And examine why it offends you. Oh, they, and then no, talk about you it. You might learn something no, about yourself. No, they can't do you that. You might learn something you've never explored within yourself. Yeah. Why does it offend you? How does it offend you? Where does it offend you? 
Under yeah. what pretense does it offend you? Well, and what is the background of the offense? I don't think that many and people can put that maybe into we words. Take that journey, we I, might explore something and learn something about ourselves. Guys, I really don't think that a lot of people can put that type of thing into words. Um, it, it, it's a, they they hear somebody cancel it, cancel it, and so yeah, yeah, I don't like that well, movie, so let's cancel it. Yeah, get it out of here. It's like Todd said, it's that mob mentality. Yeah. It's also that sheep mentality. Uh, and if you look. And one of the worst things is you turn on one of the afternoon talk shows and you've got these people on there, celebrities, and the people out in the audience, you know, the people listening to it, because they're a celebrity, they know more than I do. Yeah. They're wise, they're wisdom. They're, Not likely. They're, they're just so beautiful. Not likely. Uh, beautiful doesn't make you well, wise or anything. It doesn't do anything. I'll let me just venture to ask anybody out there that's listening to the show today, you want to do a little self-exploration. Okay. There's a great film with Spencer Tracy and it's called, um, fury, I think. And it's about a lynch mob and he is the subject of that, uh, lynch mob. And, uh, you watch it. And, um, that is the greatest definition of a mob I've ever seen. And it happens and uh, when you watch it, you see people lose themselves. And it's a tremendous film. It's scary how you can watch the human race degenerate into literally animals. The Oxbow uh, Incident. Oxbow Incident as, as well, yeah. The Oxbow Incident is a perfect he, example of that. And you watch him do it. Well, you know, you that's the thing, too. You, you take, like, uh, the so-called experts... Uh, the people who write about Western movies, the history, uh, the background, the inner workings, they all say basically the same thing about Western movies, that a Western movie of the 30s is reflecting the 30s. Of the 40s, it's reflecting the 40s. Post-World War II, it's reflecting that. You get into more modern times, the Vietnam era, you've got Soldier Blue reflecting the Vietnam War. Robert Aldridge did a whole series of, of Westerns that were reflecting Vietnam. And how hard is it to understand that? Yeah. I mean, this ain't rocket surgery, people. Come on. And, and one of the most common things about that is they all did it as entertainment. They didn't do it to preach to you. Yeah. And there that didn't happen until after Dory Sherry took over MGM. Mm-hmm. When they retired uh, at Louis B. Mayer over, um, people think they just retired him. They didn't. They retired him over the fight he had with John Huston over the film Red Badge of Courage. Yeah. And he went on vacation, and when he came back, the coup d'etat had happened. Yeah. And they retired him. He, he didn't lose any of his money. He was still the one of the largest stockholders at MGM and still lived an opulent lifestyle that would make uh, a king or a shah or a rajah blush, but nonetheless, or be envious. But I would say to you that Dory Sherry then came in and said from that point on, there are two, to me, seminal moments in the history of MGM. They retire him, Dory Sherry comes in, and from that point on, they make movies only that have a message. That's quote-unquote from Dory Sherry, the head of production. Because, of course, Thalberg was already dead by 38. Solve all the world's problems. So now problems. this is 52. And, why? and the other thing was, is in 1967, they came out and said, we do not look backwards anymore. Yeah. We only look forward. Right. We don't 
Consider our previous films. We're only cared about the films we're making. Another version of cancel culture. In yeah. 13 years, they had to declare, from that point, they had to declare bankruptcy. I love silent movies. That's and looking that, back. And on that note, guys, we are out of time. Todd, thank you so much. What a bunker. Thank you so much. Pot burner. This one was. It I certainly think, was. I think the chili boiled over. Nothing wrong with that. No oh, man. Next week we'll do something. I don't know what, but something. Until we'll, then, we'll be happier next week. Seventy-eight, seventy-nine, and eighty. Oh, so long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. 